My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that what had been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. And those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. From that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. Casting a net into the sea, they were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. He went around all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Can you think back to when you experienced a day when nothing would ever be the same again? One of those milestone moments in your life. A thing that you can point to as something that definitively altered things for you and your experience and your routine. For example, maybe you're thinking back to your, your first day of school or graduation day. When you started your first job or moved to a new town. My goddaughter just got her, her driver's license this past week. And that triggered all kinds of memories of what a pivotal day that was. The excitement of driving alone for the first time. As ordinary and routine as life can be where days, weeks, months, even years sometimes can fly by that seem lost to our memories, there are those days that kind of forever stand out in our hearts and minds. Days where everything changed. The day you met your future spouse, a a wedding day. The day you had a child, an ordination day. Some months ago, a a former parishioner shared on her Facebook page the 25th anniversary of a life-changing day for her that she marked every year. Well, truth be told, she had marked every single day since that day, the day she became sober. I had met her probably only a 
few months into her sobriety right here in West Orange and never knew about all this until recent years. At the time, when I first got here, I was only 25, 26 years old. I was a newly ordained priest. And there was just a group of parishioners that were around my age, mostly couples that had become friends of mine. And it wasn't uncommon on the weekend to meet up at Quigley's or Gaffer's or one of the other local bars in town. And it never registered to me that she was ordering a non-alcoholic drink or that she was struggling with so many demons as she had. How disastrous and difficult and life-threatening alcohol had been for her. The tremendous challenges that she was facing every time she was with us and as the rest of us were just enjoying having a few drinks together and benefited from having her as a designated driver at times, that here she was struggling with that temptation to drink, but at the same time didn't want to isolate and not be out with her friends. But for her, on that day, 25 years ago, she decided it was a dividing day from who she was to who she would become. And she said she found herself that day waking up, if not still drunk, severely hungover, having to go to work as a college student in Fort Lauderdale, of all places, one of the biggest party schools and one of the biggest party cities in Florida. And as she recounted on her 25th anniversary, she said she knew that day it had to stop. She didn't know how she was going to do it, but she set off on this journey that here she was 25 years later. And she didn't sugarcoat the difficulty that it was, or she wasn't even looking for praise. She simply wanted to throw it out there, the importance of this realization was and share it with the world, to others who were struggling and not believing that things could be different, that they could. She would be a witness to that and a friend to anyone who wanted, truly wanted this new life. I was and I am so proud of her. It's an incredibly courageous thing and sadly something that's even more countercultural now to commit to sobriety than ever before. 25 years ago, there was a greater push for for people to wake up to the harmful effects of alcohol. Now we have so-called government leaders gleefully legalizing even more dangerous substances like marijuana, which all helps to contribute to this, all kinds of other influences that seems to enable and encourage reckless behavior. And this causing higher rates of addiction to the point that some can't even imagine being sober for a week. But this woman and countless others bear witness to the possibility of breaking these addictive cycles, the positive shifts and transformations of life that it's brought to them, that they can all trace to a particular day when their lives changed. Most changes are a bit more gradual. We have time to to plan. We can anticipate them. But there are those like that when something hits us and we make a choice that's truly a dividing line in our lives from who we were to who we will become. And that came to mind when praying with today's scriptures. Every year we hear from one of the gospel writers about how Jesus calls his first disciples. And more than likely, these men had some encounters and had heard Jesus preach a few times before this incident. Yet there's something definitive about this particular day when he calls them. Jesus had preached saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
and then simply says a few words that invites them to follow him, and they drop everything and do just that. St. Matthew, though, precedes this with some interesting details. He tells us that Jesus had left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. And then he recounts what we heard in that first reading today as he continues, that what had been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the way to the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. And those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. Up until this moment for the Jewish people, the lands of Zebulun and Naphtali were reminders of loss and desperation. Just hearing the names of those cities would be like us hearing Ground Zero in Pearl Harbor. But even worse, because there was no recovery and no rebuilding, there was no subsequent victories that had come after those horrendous attacks. No, it was in those places that the kingdom of Israel had started to completely fall apart. These were the first of the two tribes of the the twelve to fall, as many empires kept invading and pillaging and subjecting the people. That led to this, this period of decline that ultimately decimates the entire kingdom of Israel. It's centuries before Jesus' birth, though. Isaiah prophesies that God's going to restore hope, that the gloom and the darkness is going to be dispelled, that the yoke that burdened them would be smashed, and it would start right there. And the people looked and waited for centuries for that day to come. As these two sets of brothers, Simon Peter and Andrew and James and John, see Jesus and hear his call to repentance and this invitation to come and follow him, all those hopes and those dreams for Israel from the prophet Isaiah are realized and renewed. They see the light. They hear the good news. And they decide nothing else matters. Nothing is going to be the same for them. This will become a day where they leave behind their livelihoods as they drop their nets. A day where their lives are completely reordered and reprioritized as they leave their families. They could have no idea what each day that followed is going to look like. The challenges, the trials, how radical this decisive moment is going to be. But they heard his voice. They saw his face. And they knew they didn't want to leave this opportunity and let it pass them by and that this would become a day they would regret. For a majority of us, our lives as Christians is something that's just been a part of who we are our entire lives. Being baptized as infants, we can easily fall into treating it as a box that we check on how we identify ourselves, male or female, race, ethnicity, religion. And a few years ago, Pope Francis asked in an audience of thousands of people, which of you knows the date of your baptism? Suggesting that we should celebrate that day every year. But despite all the attention that that challenge received at the time, I'm pretty sure that most of us still don't know that actual date, let alone mark it or celebrate it every year. 
myself included, truth be told. Because it's part of a, a fixed part of our history. And so we might not have that dramatic memory of pinpointing the day our lives changed, that we were baptized into Christ. But the radical shifting that comes from following him, letting him reorder our lives and reorder our priorities is something that has to be true for us as well. And that's why we reflect on this particular day for Simon Peter and Andrew and James and John. Because just as someone whose life of sobriety started on a particular day, and that challenges us to evaluate our relationship with alcohol, to reconsider if there are destructive influences that are undermining our health, and to be inspired by by their example and to confront them, or just to give thanks for all the blessings that we enjoy. Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they remind us of the importance of Jesus' call to discipleship, to following him. How we can, like they, recognize how in our time there are plenty of examples of gloom and darkness that we see in our world, but that the prophecy of Isaiah, of the light to come, has been fulfilled in Jesus, and that this good news can be actualized and realized when each of us follows that first disciple's examples to hear the call to repent by examining my life and my conscience and committing to removing all those things that are not of God, going to confession and being free from any sin, and then resolving to follow Jesus, follow him by committing to prayer, follow him through my my selflessness and my sacrificial offerings to others, especially those in need, follow him by letting go of the anger and offering forgiveness, following him by striving to do all these things, knowing they're hard, knowing we're not perfect, but that he keeps calling us, inviting us to get up and to keep pursuing and striving and trying and finding in the process that when we do, no day will ever be the same.